sometimes in our lives we say something and it's a mistake. It's the wrong thing that comes out of our mouths. And it's an accident. It's not something that we intended. But there's other times when the wrong thing comes out of our mouths that we deliberately intend. We speak untruths. We bring forth lies. From the earliest of times, people have told lies while trying to gain an upper hand or trying to be seen for someone that they are not. In our Bible, we might see right at the beginning in in Genesis the, the question, am I my brother's keeper? Not because of a sense of not knowing where the brother was, but because of trying to wriggle out of a difficult situation. It then occurs later with Jacob's use of goatskin to be hairy like his brother so that he will get a blessing. And we see it again and again, such as David's idea of deceiving Uriah the Hittite, trying to get things to move to his advantage. Each of these seem in our reading of the Old Testament to be clear-cut deviousness. But our passage today has, as well as truth, falsehood. As speakers of the lies are deceiving themselves as much as anyone else. We seem to live in a period where telling such half-truths is becoming more commonplace, maybe where even truth itself is questioned. In the past 20 years, we've moved beyond spin, where there might have been some truth, and it was simply the positive angle put forth by a public relations guru. That's given way to declarations of news as being fake, if we simply don't like it. Or perhaps that there are alternative facts, which are not actually facts at all. They're made-up understandings, falsehoods based on knowingly dodgy data, lies that are used to discredit the truth. For example, following the the scripple nerve agent poisoning in Salisbury, the Russian news media put out loads of hypotheses on the airwaves and also through social media to muddy the facts to create confusion, 
so that perhaps when a statement of truth was made, it would be lost within a sea of others. There would be a sea of doubt. I mean, who can forget the two tourists on television? The two tourists who wanted to see England's tallest cathedral, which is 123 metres tall, but were put off by a little bit of slush on the pavement, so they went for a longer walk in the wrong direction. Jesus says that in him we will know truth, and truth will set us free. But his listeners cling to wrong ideas. They grab hold of the wrong word. And they obsess about their freedom. They claim not to be prisoners. But this is simply misdirection. The problem being... While they like to listen to Jesus' teaching and marvel at the miracles, when it came to actually choosing to do something, they wanted to avoid it. Jesus was challenging them not to simply listen to the story, but to become part of the story, to adopt the truth for themselves. To live as his followers. To become disciples. But of course that would mean changing their lives. And that is not their plan. Sometimes we might commit to do something. But the reality of path changes our mind. When we realize that that is tricky, what had seemed a good concept, something that we would have stuck with, actually becomes something we can't stick with anymore. We might have promised to do it with all of our heart. We might even say we'll do or die. But the reality is going forward. It might not as be as easy as we thought. It might be challenging. It might be challenging to be a disciple. And so those who are initially declared to be believers simply stay as that. Believers, but not disciples. They don't move forward. They understand that this is the truth that's being told to them by Jesus. But yet they're not ready to buy into it. These people are happy in themselves. But not happy to be in Christ. What about us? In our relationship with Christ, do we hold true to him? Do we hold true to his way of love, his way of sacrifice, 
Or do we at the same time try to be our own people? To simply sing the song but not believe the words. The crowd delude themselves. We are children of Abraham. We've never been slaves. But even if we were to set aside that they are slaves to sin, as Jesus teaches them, their words are dismissing not only the past history of the children of Abraham, dismissing that time in Egypt under the Pharaoh, dismissing the exile following the fall of Jerusalem to the Babylonian Empire, it's also ignorant of their current position. Their land is occupied by Romans. The people have been seeking the Messiah to release them from captivity. But here offered freedom... They go, we're we're not slaves to anyone. We're not the prisoners. They've cried out for the Messiah. He stands in the midst, and yet they reject him. These people are biologically descended from Abraham, but they do not live as his children. Through our genes, as we understand it today, we might gain a particular hair colour. We might get a certain eye colour. We might grow into a certain body shape or a particular height. We might have ears that are further back or further forward. And other physicalities. But our attitude and our behavior pattern is not only learned from our family, but from others. The key trait that we see in Father Abraham is his faithfulness and trust in the Heavenly Father. And that's what's missing from these children. That trust in God. And that trust in what God is doing in their lives. We perhaps have to be um, honest that that quality of simple trust kind of left the children of Abraham quite early. You know, by the, by the time of the great-grandsons, the, the sons of Jacob, We see them throwing their brother Joseph in a well. That's not quite trusting in God, is it? That lack of faithfulness 
would then go on to, to lead children of Abraham to wander in the desert for 40 years. And it would lead to kings not listening to prophets and the exile that I've already spoken of. If these were Abraham's true children, they would not just be genetically descended, not just born of blood, but born of spirit. Trusting and loyal, seeking the path of God. Instead, they, according to Jesus, are seeking to kill him. This is still months away. This is not yet the winter before the spring of the cross and the resurrection. Still months of ministry are remaining. But yet, the people who here are said to be believers, they understand something of Jesus and of his word, already have hearts that seek to kill. And indeed, if we'd continued on in the passage, we'd find at the end of the chapter that they do indeed pick up stones. He knows their heart, and it is cold. We can have either hearts that belong to God or hearts that follow the way of the evil one. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area. It's simply one or the other. And if at times we choose to go with the way of the devil, that is because we have not fully given ourselves over to God. When we are hateful, spiteful, unforgiving, that is because we have not fully given ourselves over to God. When we use language that is unkind, when it rips others apart, when it is mocking or rude or racist, when it tears them down instead of building them up, it's because we have not fully given ourselves over to God. When we desire our will over everything else, it's because we have not fully given ourselves over to God. These people in the crowd understood themselves to be children of Abraham. People of God. Believers in the truth. But the real truth, the real truth was that their father was the evil one. Their father is the one we hear of as being the serpent in Eden that twists words around and convinces Eve and Adam to eat of the fruit of knowledge between good and evil. And so become dead to their true innocence, to that purity that they were created with. 
it makes them dead. Maybe, just now, although you know the Almighty Father in heaven, maybe your spiritual father is not the one that we sing our songs of praise to. There may be things in your life that reveal a different upbringing, a willingness to act in ways that are not of God. You may be feeling that being in the church is a bit of a lie. You know Jesus, but you don't live his way. If that's you, remember this. Christ came into this world not because we're perfect, but because he wanted to reconcile us with the Heavenly Father. He wanted to bring us home. He wanted to speak of love. He came to die in our place, to forgive the sins of those who turned to him to open the way to eternal life. He came that we can become children, not biologically of Abraham, but be adopted fully into God's family with every blessing that comes with that. He came that we can be sisters and brothers not just with each other, but with Christ himself. From the earliest times, from the earliest times, the earth was riddled with lies and falsehood because people sought their own gain, their own wealth, their own strength, their own knowledge. They turned away from truth. Let us not deceive ourselves, but instead be children of light and witnesses of the truth, seeking the growth of the kingdom of our Father God as we sacrificially serve in his name.